Hello, this is Dr. Doug Wyatt, and this is the Considering Christianity as a Scientist podcast series. And we are continuing with podcast number nine, where we consider the teachings of Jesus. And at, at the moment, we're discussing the parables, and this is part two of our consideration of the teachings of Jesus, his parables, part two. If you have not listened to our previous podcast, I encourage you to do so, and it will help catch you up to where we are now. Just as a quick reminder, uh, the reason for our podcast series is because I am a scientist and I am a Christian, and many of my friends and acquaintances in science and technology and engineering and many others I have chatted with on various occasions have discussed their thoughts on Christ and Christianity a creator God, the Bible and human history, and often how difficult it is to reconcile belief with science. I understand and have struggled with this myself. Science and Christian beliefs are often hard to reconcile, particularly in our modern technological world. Yet I know that many of you feel, sense, hear, a quiet whisper, a deep sense need for something greater, larger, and more meaningful than ourselves. I want you to consider, and for us to discuss, that this is our Creator God calling to you personally and how to accept this. In podcasts 5, 6, and 7, we discussed Jesus' teaching in his Sermon on the Mount. And our our first two parables were actually discussed in podcast number 7. In podcast 8, we continued and we spent a lot of time discussing the teachings of Jesus and the setting and the characteristics of his environment at the time and what led to some of these discussions and teachings that he gave. And we particularly talked about the parable of the new cloth and the new wine and new wineskins. We are going to continue with the parable of the sower and the parable of the mustard seed and the parable of the tenants. These are three parables that occur in all three of the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And we'll discuss the varying words associated with these and and the varying ideas that we can learn from these parables. And as always, the teachings of Jesus are remarkable. They are universal in both time and space. And the more we study, the more we learn about those teachings, the more impactful they become to us personally and in our daily life. And the more we begin to understand this concept, this teaching, this belief system that Jesus taught as something new in the world, something that is beneficial. And so we continue. Let's first, as we have done, talk about the settings and the environment and the characteristics of the area and the conditions in which Jesus was teaching. And for this parable, he and his followers were still traveling around, going from town to town, uh, visiting house to house, friends of theirs. And this story is recorded as being told as follows. Jesus was in a house, and it's stated, 
That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Remember, they were teaching around Lake Genazareth, the Sea of Galilee. And it says, such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it, while all the people stood on the shore. So envision Jesus in a boat, I don't know, a few meters off the coast so that everybody could be on the beach and see him so that he could teach. A unique setting indeed. And then he told them this parable. A farmer went out to sow his seed, and as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. He who has ears, let him hear. This is from the Gospel of Mark, the same story. Again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and sat in it out on the lake, while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge. He taught them many things by parables, and in his teaching he said, Listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants, so that they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up grew and produced a crop, multiplying 30, 60, or even a hundred times. Finally, let's consider what the author of the book of Luke says. While a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on and the birds of the air ate it up. Some fell on rock. And when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than what was sown. Three parables, all the same in meaning, with enough variation to even increase our understanding of what Jesus was saying. So let's, let's discuss this particular parable. I think we would all agree that it is remarkably consistent. First of all, it was a parable that could be understood by everyone there. This part of Israel, matter of fact, most of the world was an agrarian society. So everybody knew how to sow, to be a farmer. They understood the concept of plant growth. They had all seen it if they had not done it. So everyone could understand this parable. It was universal. And then he gave four scenarios about the seed. The seed that Jesus was speaking about is a representation of his teaching. 
in hindsight, we know that to be obvious. For the people at the time, they were trying to relate exactly what he meant. Because after this parable, even some of his disciples that were following him asked why he spoke this way and why he didn't seem to explain directly everything that he was saying. But go back and listen to our last discussion about why the use of parables in teaching was so advantageous, was so useful. So in these four examples, assume the seed was the word. It's your teaching. It could be your teaching. This was Jesus's teaching to the followers and the people that were there to hear. Some seed fell on the path. Well, you can see a person having a sack of seed, scattering that seed. And they didn't have modern electronic seed dispersal units or mechanical seed dispersal units like we use today. They had their hands. So they were casting this seed as they were sowing it. And you've probably seen pictures from the Middle East or pictures from other countries that have still highly agrarian societies that do the same thing. Well, the path on which they walked or the road, some seed fell on that. And it was trampled on and the birds of the air came and ate it up. I have planted grass seed in my own yard, my own personal garden, where some of it fell on the path and some of it fell on the concrete sidewalks that I had. And as you know, it will not grow. And every bird, and in my case, even squirrels, were there to eat this seed. That seed was wasted. As Jesus was scattering this seed in the visions and the minds of the people listening to him, some of that seed fell on rock, rocky soil. There was no soil for the seed to root in. There was no moisture for the seed to utilize. It could not grow on the rocks. But when it did come up, and you have all seen seeds sprout in areas where there's very little soil and very little moisture, the sun will kill that rootlet. The sun will kill the young plant because there is no moisture from the rock to feed that plant. So that seed was also wasted. Some seed, as it was being scattered, was cast among places where there would be thorns and other weeds that would grow up. Weeds have a competitive advantage. Weeds will grow up preferentially to most agricultural seeds. They will choke out those seeds and the agricultural seeds will die. That was one of the scenarios that Jesus discussed. But then the goal was to plant that seed in good soil. And the seed that went into the good soil grew up and multiplied. Think about wheat, for example. One grain of seed can produce a stalk of wheat that will have thousands of grains of seed on it. That's what Jesus was discussing. And Jesus was discussing the seed as his teachings and his word and the situations of the people who were understanding his teachings and words or who were believing his teachings and words were like those four scenarios. Some people, they were the concrete pavement. They were the walkways. It just fell on them. The seeds did nothing. It had no impact to them at all. They're the people who walk away and say, this guy's crazy. They're the people who walk away and say, no, I don't believe that. I, have, I won't even consider that. I won't, I won't try to understand that. 
That's the seed. Those are the people. That's the word that was cast on the pathway. Some seed falling on the rocks, those represent people who will listen, who will consider it. They will initially believe, but they only believe in a very shallow level. They only believe at a level at which benefits them. And they will grow in this word until they face stress or pressure, like the sun on the young stalks of the seed that grew and developed on the rocks. These people will wither in their faith and their beliefs very early, very soon. Then those people who are the seeds that are learning around other people that have evil beliefs, that have beliefs that are worldly, that will not consider anything or they consider everything and choose to believe nothing. Those are the weeds. Those are the thorns. So people can have beliefs as they grow up within that group of people, but then they get choked out by the beliefs and concerns and issues of all the non-believing seed around them. And so it's very difficult for them to grow. Not impossible, very difficult. They get choked out. Then finally, his fourth scenario, the seed, the people that have the good soil, that represent the good soil, they believe, they grow, they germinate, and they produce fruit. And it can be a seed of grass, it can be a seed of wheat, it can be a seed of a mustard tree, we'll talk about that later. It could be the seed of a oak, it could be the seed of anything. That seed, as you all know, because you all have experienced this, will grow and become something magnificent. These are the seeds that Jesus was casting, and this was the soil he was looking for in this parable. After people walked away and had time to think about it, and Jesus even had to explain it to some of his disciples, what he was talking about, it was those aha moments again, like, oh, I know what that means. And they were learning how to listen to Jesus teach this way so that his teachings would be fully understood at a very deep and abiding level. I have said this so many times and I always will. The teachings of Jesus are universal across all space and time because of this type of teaching. Because, well, Jesus, as I believe, as a Christian, was the Son of God. And I believe that he had skill sets unimaginable to us. So he was teaching in this way so that us, us created beings, us people desiring to learn, people he wanted to save, could understand. Jesus had several parables where he utilized agricultural references to teach. That was deliberate, I am sure, because of his audience. He talked about seeds in parables. He talked about fish. He talked about clothing. He talked about wine. He did not get esoteric in his discussions and in his teachings. He was very deliberate and very practiced in using common everyday concepts, things that the entire range 
of human intellectual ability could understand. He did it because he loved these people. He really wanted them to learn. He really wanted them to understand. Jesus did not discriminate in any of his teachings, except against those people who refused to even listen. But that'll be a discussion later. And he didn't discriminate against them as mean or hateful. He actually felt sorry for them. Jesus' goal was to teach everybody, from the most educated Roman and Jewish scholar that was listening to him, to the beggar who lived in the tombs. Jesus was teaching to everybody. let's discuss the parable of the mustard seed. And this is a parable that also occurs in all three books, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And this is in the same teaching event that we had previously discussed. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all your seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and perch in its branches. The version of this parable recorded in Mark is very similar. Again he said, What shall we say the kingdom of God is like? Or what parable shall we use to describe it? It is like a mustard seed, which is the smallest seed you plant in the ground, yet when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants with such big branches that the birds of the air can perch in its shade. And here's the version from Luke. Then Jesus asked, What is the kingdom of God like? What shall I compare it to? It is like a mustard seed which a man took and planted in his garden. It grew and became a tree, and the birds of the air perched in its branches. Once again, a remarkable example of a parable with universal meaning. The people listening to this parable were very familiar with the example that Jesus was using. The trees were all around them in the countryside and everyone there was familiar with a mustard seed and everyone there understood that this tiny mustard seed about the size of a grain of sand could become a very large tree. There were orchards of mustard trees all around that area of the country when Jesus was teaching. People understood this. People understood that analogy. They knew exactly what Jesus was saying, even if it may have, even if it may have taken them a little time to figure it out. It was remarkable. And it means so much. What Jesus was teaching and what Jesus was establishing was tiny, and it will grow to become this magnificent thing. And then the birds of the air will come and perch in it. People, things will come to this kingdom of heaven. Listen to podcast number four and understand how the initial explosion of Christianity occurred. And, and you'll find it quite remarkable. I think Jesus was, may have been under 
understating what the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven would become. So far in these two parables, these agricultural seed parables, Jesus is the sower, Jesus is the planner, multiple growth, as scientists we would view it as ex- exponential growth, geometric growth, uh, what, whatever you want to call it, would occur from these actions and these events. Jesus knew it. One of the things that we'll talk about with Jesus and what we'll, we'll discuss more and more as we go on, Jesus could see the end state. Jesus could see the future. Jesus was living in the future. And everything that he was doing, he already knew would happen. And he was teaching people who would live it and experience this process. That is something we should, we should discuss later, and I, and I hope we get a chance to do so. One thing that you may notice in your studies of Jesus and in your studies of the Christian text is that Jesus' teachings, as his followers and his disciples began to understand his goals, his desires, just understand him as a teacher, he would expand his teaching somewhat to become more available to them to understand immediately, but also more practical to them to begin to understand what the the near-term future was going to be like. This is one of those parables. This is not an agricultural or a seed parable. It's called the parable of the tenants. And just for variety, I'm going to start with Luke and go to Mark and then to Matthew, opposite the directions we have gone with the first few parables we have discussed. Jesus had moved to the temple in Jerusalem and was teaching in the area outside the temple. So he was much more visible to the authorities of the day and to a different group and variety of people that were in a major city coming to a major religious location. And so he was teaching, envision him sitting in the courtyard of the temple teaching. Typically teachers of those days would sit and students would sit around them. And so that's how I kind of envision this. This is the parable of the tenants from Luke. He went on to tell the people this parable. A man planted a vineyard, rented it to some farmers, and went away for a long time. At harvest time, he sent a servant to the tenants so they would give him some of the fruit of the vineyard. But the tenants beat him and sent him away empty-handed. He sent another servant, but that one also they beat and treated shamefully and sent away empty-handed. He sent still a third, and they wounded him and threw him out. Then the owner of the vineyard said, What shall I do? I will send my son whom I love. Perhaps they will respect him. But when the tenants saw him, they talked the matter over. This is the heir. They said, Let's kill him, and the inheritance will be ours. So they threw him out of the vineyard and killed him. What then will the owner of the vineyard do to them? He will come and kill those tenants and give the vineyard to others. There's an interesting response here in Luke. When the people heard this, they said, May this never be. Then Jesus looked directly at them and asked, Then what is the meaning of that which is written? The stone the builders rejected has become the capstone. Everyone who falls on that stone will be broken to pieces, but he on whom it falls will be crushed. 
the teachers of the law and the chief priest, who had been listening to Jesus tell this parable, looked for a way to arrest him immediately because they knew he had spoken this parable against them, but they were afraid of the people. This is a very interesting parable. So let's read this parable in Mark. Then began to speak to them in parables. A man planted a vineyard. He put a wall around it, dug a pit for the wine press, and built a watchtower. Then he rented the vineyard to some farmers and went away on a journey. At harvest time, he sent a servant to the tenants to collect from them some of the fruit of the vineyard. But they seized him, beat him, and sent him away empty-handed. Then he sent another servant to them. They struck this man on the head and treated him shamefully. He sent still another, and that one they killed. He sent many others. Some of them they beat, others they killed. He had one left to send, a son, whom he loved. He sent him last of all, saying, They will respect my son. But the tenant said to one another, This is the heir. Come, let's kill him, and the inheritance will be ours. So they took him and killed him and threw him out of the vineyard. What then will the owner of the vineyard do? He will come and kill those tenants and give the vineyard to others. Haven't you read this scripture? The stone the builders rejected has become the capstone. The Lord has done this, and it is marvelous in our eyes. And here again, then they looked for a way to arrest him because they knew he had spoken the parable against them. But they were afraid of the crowd, so they left him and went away. The book of Matthew records this same parable, but adds a another thought at the very end. Jesus is saying, remember the setting. He's teaching in the courtyard of the temple. Listen to another parable. Listen to another parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard. He put a wall around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a watchtower. Then he rented the vineyard to some farmers and went away on a journey. When the harvest time approached, he sent his servants to the tenants to collect his fruit. The tenants seized his servants. They beat one, killed another, and stoned a third. Then he sent other servants to them, more than the first time, and the tenants treated them the same way. Last of all, he sent his son to them. They will respect my son, he said. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to each other, This is the heir. Come, let's kill him and take his inheritance. So they took him and threw him out of the vineyard and killed him. Therefore, when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those tenants? He will bring those wretches to a wretched end, they replied, and he will rent the vineyard to other tenants who will give him his share of the crop at harvest time. Jesus said to them, Have you never read it in the scriptures? The stone the builders rejected has become the capstone. The Lord has done this, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore I tell you that the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people who will produce its fruit. He who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces, but he on whom it falls will be crushed. When the chief priests and the Pharisees heard Jesus' parables, they knew he was talking about them. They looked for a way to arrest him, but they were afraid of the crowd because the people held that he was a prophet. These three parables we have discussed occur in all three Gospels, and you've heard the variations of them, but each variation says the same thing and expands on the meanings 
the alliterations, the examples, the truth of what Jesus was saying. Jesus did not hold back. He used very simple concepts from talking to the people around the lake where he discussed agricultural parables to being in the city around the temple where all of the educated religious leaders and political leaders of the day would would be. He used a more sophisticated parable, if you will, but yet with universal meaning across all time and space. You hear that parable. I hear that parable. We know immediately that those tenants, the people who were renting the farm, were wrong. And as we learn and discuss, we see that those servants were sent to the people were men and women of godly character that had come to people across time before to tell people to straighten up, follow God, believe his teachings, come back to God. And those people were killed. I mean, we, today we call those the prophets, the judges. They understood that. The people listening to Jesus understood that. Both the commoners in the crowd and the Pharisees and religious leaders understood that. It made the Pharisees and religious leaders very nervous and very upset. It was like they were the rocks, the thorns, or the pathway where Jesus had casted seed and the seed did not produce. It would in some, but not in others. These are three parables of Jesus that I hope you read, I hope you study, that occur in all of the Gospels. All of the parables we have discussed so far occur in all of the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And we're going to talk about a few more parables in our next podcast. We certainly will not discuss all 39 parables or all 70 parables, depending on how you count them, of Jesus. But it will be enough for us to consider the teachings of Jesus through his parables. Thank you for listening.